0: the twenty-seventh book of orlando furioso this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by thomas copeland orlando furioso by ludovico ariasto translated by sir john harrington book twenty-seven the argument rogero and those other pagan kings make charles again to paris walls retire among the turks new seed of quarrel springs and kindles in their hearts a quenchless fire which all their camp in great disorder brings agreement to appease them doth desire fierce Rodemont doth leave the camp in wrath because his mistress him forsaken hath among the many rare and special gifts that in the female sex are found to sit this one is chief that they at sudden shifts give best advice and show most ready wit but man, except he thinks and chews and sifts how every part may answer t'other fit, by rash advice doth often overshoot him, and doth attempt the things that do not boot him. Good Malagichi thought he had done wisely in making Dorilus to Paris fly, but if he had the matter weighed precisely, though Richardetto was preserved thereby, he would have sure confessed it done unwisely, his safety with so great a loss to buy. For by this act, which he then not forethought, a loss unspeakable to Charles was wrought. Alas, how much might he have better done if he had made the fiend the wench convey unto the fall or rising of the sun, to west or east or any other way where Rodomont and Agricana's son from Paris walls might have gone far astray. But he that ever wishes Christians evil so at this time did prove himself a devil. The fiend, her silly horse, most slyly entered, and not before prescribed any place, he quickly all the company distempered, nor bare he her away a common pace, but over brooks and streams and ditches ventured, she crying still for aid, as in such case, nor leaves her beast to fling, run, snore, and stamp, until she quite was past the Christian camp. There did she come, even as she could desire, among the midst of Agrimanti's train, and there at last she found the king her sire, that of Granada did possess the reign. The while her lovers both themselves do tire, and in pursuing her do take great pain by tracing her, with as great toil and care as huntsmen do with pleasure trace the hare. Now, Charles, tis time for thee to look about, and to thy walls and strengths in time betake thee, thou never canst escape this plunge i doubt except thou stir up quickly and awake thee thy strength the lamps of france are quenched out i mean thy friends and champions chief forsake thee orlando thee his wits have him relinquished and all his virtues drowned and quite extinguished likewise rinaldo though not fully mad yet little less than mad seeks there and here for fair angelica and is full sad to see that he of her no news can hear for why a certain old enchanter had told him a forged tale that touched him near how she to whom of love he made profession was in orlando's keeping and possession this made him at the first so loath to go to england whither he was sent for aid this made him back again to hasten so then when the turks his presence so dismayed and thinking after that some news to know by privy search the nunneries all he laid, and castles all in Paris and about, to see if he by search could find her out. But when he heard of her no news nor tiding, and that Orlando there likewise did want, he could in Paris make no longer biding, doubting his rival sought him to supplant, but up and down about the country riding, some time to Brava, some time to Anglant, supposing still Orlando her had hidden, lest of his pleasure he might be forbidden. And thus the wicked fiend his time espied to give the Christians such a fatal blow, whenas these two in whom they most mostified were absent now their prince and country fro. Further, for soldiers of the Turkish side, all that were valiant men or counted so, were all against this time enticed hither, wholly uniting all their force together. Gradasso stout and Sacrapanti fierce, that in that charmed castle long had dwelt, which the English duke, as I did late rehearse, dissolved quite and caused like snow to melt, these two likewise the Christian camp to pierce, the forces of these two the Christians felt. Rogero and Marfisa made less haste, and so it happened they arrived at last. The first two couple near the Christians' tents did meet, and then, after long consultation, each unto other showing their intents, they all conclude with one determination, and all of them to this give their consents, in spite of all the Christian generation, to succor Agramunt, their lord and liege, and Mogher Charles's might, to raise the siege. Straight in one crew they force together knit, break through the Christian watch by force amain. Neither in hugger-mugger did they it, but crying loudly, Africa and Spain! They lay on load, and every one they hit, dead or astonished, doth there remain. Alarum then, o'er all the camp was rung, though few could tell the cause from whence it sprung. Some thought the Gascoins, or the Switzers bold, by mutiny had made some insurrection, and their surmise unto the Emperor told, who came with mind to give them due correction but when he did the bodies dead behold incurable until the resurrection he standeth still like one with wonder mazed and on their woeful wounds long time he gazed even as a man that with a bolt of thunder hath seen his dwelling-house smit unaware straight searcheth with no little fear nor wonder which way the bolt did pass that caused his care so charles that saw men's bodies cut in sunder inquires of so great wounds who authors were and when he knew how few they were that did it did wish himself there present to forbid it this while marfaiza on another side with good rogero do them sore impeach and through the camp in spite of them they ride killing or wounding all within their reach as in a mine that lies close unespied with trains of gunpowder men make a breach or as a tempest goes along by coast so suddenly these two break through the host many that scape the t'other four by flight in flying fells unwares upon these twain and felt by proof that neither flight nor fight can save a man ordained to be slain even as a fox whom smoke and fire doth fright so as he dare not in the ground remain bolts out and through both smoke and fire she flieth into the terrier's mouth and there she dieth thus last of all by this most noble pair the christian army once again was sundered and then to aggrama they all repair who welcomes them and at their value wondered now hope and courage drive away despair one Turk of Christians straight defied an hundred. So great a boldness in their mind doth rise by help and succor of these new supplies. Straightway on both sides out their men were brought, their standards and their banners all displayed. And there that day a bloody field was fought, and neither side made show to be dismayed, for hopes alike in either army wrought. Tons passed conquests, t'other's present aid but fortune on the Christians did so frown that they again were driven unto the town the passing force of cruel Rodamount, the strength and value great of mandricard rogero's virtue that doth all surmount gridasso's courage of no small regard Marfisa's heart of principal account the skill of Sacripant with best compared these were the causers of good charles's loss and sent the Christians home by weeping cross great store were drowned in sequina with haste the bridge so narrow was for to receive them, wishing, as Dedal's son had in time past, some wings wherewith aloft in air to heave them. Some, thrusting, straved to get them in so fast that strength and breath and life at last did leave them, but that whereby King Charles was chiefly shaken was this, that many paladins were taken. Thus fortune once again did turn the wheel and good king charles had her but could not hold her and of this foil this hurt he then did feel it fainter made his friends his foes the bolder the marquis of viana true as steel was at that service wounded in the shoulder and many hurt but none did play his part so well that day as valiant brandemart he stoutly bare it out no little space and when he saw there was no other way then to the fury prudently gave place and spared himself against another day now once again is charles in woeful case now once again to paris siege they lay young orphans and old widows prayer and cries again unto god's heavenly throne arise the angel michael was but ill appaid finding the cause of those good Christians' tears he thought his maker was but ill obeyed and that he may be blamed therefore he fears he calls himself deceived and betrayed by her should set the pagans by the ears from which it seemed now she did so vary as she had rather done the quite contrary even as a servitor whose love and zeal more than his memory may be commended forgetting in some weighty cause to deal that by his lord to him was recommended would with new care his former fault conceal that ere his master know it may be mended so this good angel went not up to God till he had done as much as he was bawd. To seek Dame Discord he doth leave the sky, and to the abbey he returns again, where her amid the monks he might espy that change old officers and new ordain. She laughs to see their portices to fly, ready to knock out one another's brain the angel takes her by her painted locks and with great fury gives her many knocks he break a cross's handle on her crown and grievously doth beat her back and side the wretch upon her bones falls down at the angel's feet and mercy mercy cried pack to the pagans then that see yon town quoth he and see that you among them bide for if this place again you ever trouble assure thyself thy payment shall be double though discord's back and arms were sore with beating yet thence with all the haste she could she went sore terrified with that great angel's threatening doubting again in this sort to be shent yet in this haste behind her not forgetting bellows and coals instead of those were spent by which in many minds and hearts invincible she quickly kindle might a fire inquenchable rogero mandricard and Rodomont. And now their former quarrels to renew, as making of the Christians small account that unto Paris walls themselves withdrew, wherefore to agrament they do recount their quarrels and the grounds of whence they grew. Each one by challenge his just cause averring, the combats order to the king referring. Also Marfisa doth the king entreat that she may end her combat first begun with as great haste thereof and as great heat against the Tartar Agricenne's son this she desires with haste and instance great as one that thinks great wrong to her was done if in regard of any state or power she should attend one day or yet one hour but rodomont allegeth that of right he first should end the matter with his rival sith by accord they first deferred the fight till time might serve after their here arrival no less rogero for his horse takes spite and swears that whether they agree or strive all to take frontino no man should restrain him or else to fight with him that doth detain him further the matter farther to entangle the argent eagle in the azure field gave to the tartar matter more to jangle and quarrel with rogero for his shield and so confusedly he then did wrangle as though with all at once he would the field and in his fury sure he had attempted it but that the king's commandment flat prevented it who first with grave and friendly admonition to peace and good atonement did exhort them but when beyond all means of composition he saw that wrath and fury did transport them to certain marshals he doth give commission according to the laws of arms to sort them and of all ways this was not thought the worst to try by lots which two should combat first four little scrolls were put into a pot the first had Rodemont, and Mandricard, Rodemont and Rogero. Next they wrote, the third Rogero was, and Mandricard. The fourth pair that must try the present lot was Stout Marfisa joined with Mandricard. When lots were cast, these two first out retain fierce Rodemont and son of Agricane. Mandricard and Rogero next they find, Rodomount and Rogero next was said, Mandricard and Marfisa stayed behind with which the stately dame was ill apaid, Nor was Rogero well content in mind, doubting that when they first their parts had played, the combat will be such between them two he and Marfisa should have naught to do. Not far from Paris lay a level ground that was encompassed scant a thousand paces. This plain, with rails and bars, was compassed round and tents therein were set with equal spaces with scaffolds raised upon the outward bound to give to lookers-on convenient places now came the time these strifes should be decided among those knights those tents were thus divided in the pavilion bordering on the east stands Rodomont with visage stern and grim ferra and Sacripant were ready pressed to put his scaly serpent's hide on him in t'other tent that was upon the west gradasso and stout Falseron do trim with hector's arms so stately and so fair the valiant prince king Agricanes heir on one side in a high tribunal seat do sit the kings of africa and spain with stordolin and other princes great both feared and followed of the turkish train happy was he that day that could but get a place to sit or stand although with pain on ridge of house or wall or top of tree in so great press the goodly show to see. On t'other side sat ladies of great name, in stately sort to see and to be seen, that out of divers realms and countries came to visit or attend the Spanish queen. There Dorilus was placed, that lovely dame, who wears a robe of crimson cut on green. Yet was the crimson stained in such a fashion, it rather seemed inclining to carnation. Among the rest, Martheisa sat that day in short, light clothes, most sumptuously arrayed, the fashion of such kind, as well it may become a warrior, and yet a maid. Hippolyta, I think, used such array, when in the field her banner she displayed. Thus each thing was prepared for the fight, and each man was prepared for the sight. And Harold, in his coat of arms, steps out, and of the law of arms expounds the guise, professing to resolve each little doubt that in such case accustoms to arise. The people gazing standeth all about, attent with listening ears and longing eyes, when from the tent of valiant mandricard, behold, a sudden noise and stir was hard. The cause was this the king of saracane who as before i did rehearse was one that hoped to arm the son of agricane taking his sword in hand to put it on saw written in the handle durindane and looking more advisedly thereon he saw almonte's arms graven on the blade the which strange sight him greatly wonder made and glad he was when once he did espy it the chiefest cause that first to france he came although before he never could come by it wherefore he questioned straight upon the same if mandracardo wan it or did buy it who in this sort his answer then did frame i with orlando for this sword did quarrel and ere i had it put my life in peril further unto this answer he doth add a farther lie his glory to increase how that orlando for the fear he had that for his sword he never should have peace had thrown away the sword and feigned him mad that thereby he might cause his quarrel cease doing herein as is the castor wanted bite off his stones when he is nearly hunted well quoth Credasso, what orlando meant i cannot now discuss nor do i know but sure I am. It is not mine intent, now I have found it here, to let it go. The money, men, munition I have spent, deserve as good a thing as this, I trow. You did but find it, you yourself confess it, and now I challenge it and do possess it. If you deny my claim, here I will prove it, this field the court, this list my pleading bar, my plea is such as no writ can remove it, my judge must be the sequel of the war, War, said the other, who can better love it than I? These words to me as music are. If so the king of Sarza will agree to stay his combat till I fight with thee. Be sure I'll answer thee, and all beside that dare presume to offer me offence. With that, Rogero stepped between, and cried, Ho, oh, sirs, with this I mind not to dispense, or let the fight proceed as lots have tried, or I myself will put you to your fence shall he deny the sword and shall i yield that you shall wear mine eagle on your shield wherefore preserve that order first agreed on from which in honor you may no way start or if to break it further you proceed on i break will all if you do break apart quoth the tartar threats we have no need on if mars were in you both and took your part yet both should find it folly to attempt me of my shield or sword once to prevent and with that word forthwith he bent his fist and on gradasso's hand so fierce he strake that suddenly or ere gradasso wist he made him unawares the sword forsake who much repined he thus his purpose missed and that so unprepared he could him take and much more grieved it him that this disgrace was offered him in such an open place wherefore to be avenged of so great wrong he steppeth back and out his sword he draws the t'other doth no farther time prolong though in respect of order there was cause nay which was more he thought himself so strong to fight with all at once he asked no pause but to them both at once he makes defiance in his own strength he had so great affiance. This man is mad, but let me with him try it, Gridasso said. I'll make him wise again. Nay, softly, quoth Hrogero, I deny it, for this same combat doth to me pertain. Stand back, saith Tun, saith T'other, Nay, not I yet, back you. Yet both still in their place remain. Thus do these three, with malice great and spite, strangely begin a combat tripartite. And sure, to much confusion it had grown, had not some men, more stout perhaps than wise, themselves among them undiscreetly thrown, with courage great, but yet with small advice, to succour others' danger with their own. Yet could no force them part, nor no device, till Agriment himself, their dreaded lord, in person came their quarrel to accord. The reverence great that unto him they bare made them forthwith their forces to restrain, who straight the causes of these broils did hear, and to compound them sought, but all in vain. For scant credasso could be made forbear the sword so long with t'other to remain, until the fight were ended now in hand, of which the sequel could not yet be scanned. Scarce had the king with words of great persuasion this quarrel new begun, a while appeased, but that another strife by new occasion in Rodamonte's tent them all diseased a hurly-burly and a fierce invasion there grows between two princes sore displeased between stout sacrapant and rhodamount as i to you will presently recount king Sacripant, as late before i told helping to arm the cruel sarzen king with those self-arms that nemrod were of old from whom this prince his pedigree did bring whilst he i say did curiously behold his furniture and every other thing that to his horse or under him belong to see they might be sure and firm and strong, while he that stately steed Frontino viewed, that proudly champing stood upon his bit and all his reins, with snow-like foam bedewed without regard whose hands embroidered it, thought unpleasant in his mind renewed, and to his heart did seem full near to sit. He thinks this horse was very like in sight to one of his, that front lat height. hight, and more and more with heedful looks still eyeing the marks and shape and color of the steed after his long and very curious prying he saw and knew it was his horse indeed which horse from him then at albraca lying brunello stale for want of better heed and showed him an unusual cunning knack to steal his horse while he sate on his back brunello stale that time more things beside by name Orlando's sword hight Bellasard. ANGELICA'S FAIR RING OF VIRTUE TRIED, WHICH SHE RECOVERED, AS BEFORE YOU HARD. LIKEWISE A SWORD EVEN FROM Marfisa's SIDE. THIS DONE, HE GAVE ROGERO AFTERWARD Orlando's SWORD, AND THIS HORSE TO THE SAME, BUT TO FRONTINO FIRST HE CHANGED HIS NAME. NOW THEN, I SAY, WHEN SACRIPANT WAS SURE THIS HORSE WAS FRONTLAT, THAT SOMETIME WAS HIS, AND THAT THE MARKS HE SAW DID HIM ASSURE THAT HE THEREIN TOOK NOT HIS MARK AMISS, to hold his peace he could not long endure, but said, Good sir, no, mine, Frontino, is, stolen late from me, As I can make good proof, although, I trow, mine own word is enough. One at Albraca stale from me the steed, Yet for our late acquaintance I consent, Because I see that now you stand in need, That you shall use him, now I am content, Conditionally, that first it be agreed You shall acknowledge him, not yours, but lent, else here I claim him as my goods and chattel, and will defend my right in open battle. The Sarzen king, that passed, I think, in pride all kings and knights that ever carried sword, and passed, I think, in strength and courage tried all samples that old stories us afford, made answer thus, If any man beside durst unto me have spoken such a word, he should have found I took it in such scorn he had been better have been speechless born. But, for our late begun acquaintance' sake, I am content this at your hands to bear. So as you this do as a warning take, the like attempt hereafter to forbear. And, if you will but hark what end I make with Mandricardo, then I do not fear, but you shall see such sample of my force shall make you glad to pray me take your horse. Then villainy is courtesy with thee, saith Sacripant, inflamed with high disdain, when you be offered fair, you cannot see. Wherefore my purpose is, I tell you plain, My horse shall service do to none but me, And with these hands I will my right maintain. And, that is more, if these same hands should fail, I will defend my right with tooth and nail. Thus galling speech between them multiplying, Till each last word the former worser made. At last they fell to acts of flat defying, and ton the t'other fiercely doth invade. Rodamont, on his strength and arms relying, yet t'other so defends him with his blade, and makes it so about his head to hover, that seems alone his body all to cover. Even as a chariot-wheel that runs apace, seems to the eye all solid, firm, and sound, although twixt every spoke there is a space, concealed from our sights by running round, so sacripant seemed armed in that place though armor then about him none was found so dexterously himself he then bestirred as well it stood upon him with his sword but quickly serpentino and farah with naked sword in hand stepped them betwixt with others more that present were and saw as friends of either part together mixed Yet them no force nor prayer could once withdraw, their lofty hearts were on revenge so fixed, and wrath had quite so put them out of frame till agreement to them in person came. Upon the sight of him, their sovereign lord, they both agreed their fury to withhold, who straight persuaded them to good accord, and much good counsel to them both it told. But peace and good persuasions they abhorred, and either on his manhood made him bold, their king doth but among them leaves his wind, for more and more he froward them doth find. By no means sacrapant will be entreated unto the Saracen king his horse to lend, except that he, as I before repeated, to borrow it of him would condescend. The t'other at this very motion freeted, and swears, nor heaven, nor he, should make him bend to seek to have by prayer or request a thing of which by force he was possessed. King Agramont doth ask by what mischance he lost his horse, oh, who from him stale. The t'other opened all the circumstance and blushed for shame when as he told the tale, namely, how late before he came to France one took him napping as it did befall, and propped his saddle with four stakes, and so from under him his courser takes. Marfisa, that was come to part this fray, hearing of this stolen horse among the rest, was grieved in mind, for why that very day her sword was stolen as she most truly guessed and then king Sacripant she knew straightway whom erst she knew not and that gallant beast for which of late these two began to fight she knew and said belonged to him in right while these things passed thus the standers by that still hereof had heard brunello boast straight in such sort to him did cast their eye as turned greatly to brunello's cost by which Marfisa plainly did descry him, by whose theft her sword she late had lost to be Brunello, whom she saw there sitting among great lords, a place for him unfitting. She heard, and much it grieved her to hear, how for these thefts and many mo beside, the king rewarded him and held him dear, whereas in law for them he should have died. These news so greatly changed Marfisa's cheer, that hardly she her wrath could longer hide. Let Agramant accept it as he will, she minds Brunello presently to kill. Straightway she armed is from head to heel, and makes her page, her helmet, close to clasp. To him she goes, and with her glove of steel she gives him such a blow as made him gasp. And while the pain hereof doth make him reel, with her strong hand his weak core she doth grasp, as doth the falcon fierce the mallard gripe, to which a while before she gave a stripe with fury great from thence away she flings while he for help and oft for mercy cried but willy nilly him away she brings like to a thief with hands together tied where agramant among the meaner kings sat like a judge their causes to decide then making some obeisance for good manner she speaketh thus in short but stately manner sir king I mind to hang this thief, your man, that by desert should long ere this have died. For when he stale that horse from him, even then he stale my sword that hanged by my side. But if there any be that dare or can deny my words, or say that I have lied, here in your presences I do desire to try by combat whether is the liar." But lest some should, as some by fortune may affirm, I choose this time to make new strife, alone, at such a time, on such a day, when other quarrels in the camp are rife, I am content a day or two to stay, and to prolong this wretched caitiff's life, to see if any man will him defend, and after sure to hang him, I intend. I mean, quoth she, to bring him three mile hence, and keep him as a prisoner in yon tower, and with his life i promised to dispense for two days space and longer not an hour if any list to fight in his defence there let him come and try my force and power away she galloped when she this had said and on her saddle-bow the wretch she laid the king was sore displeased at this attempt and much it did his princely mind enrage and minds himself to wreak so great contempt until sobrino one both grave and sage told him in wisdom he must be content his choler in this matter to assuage and said it were a base part for his highness to fight for one sprung up by theft and slyness yea though beforehand he were sure to win yet would such victory dishonor have because a woman vanquished were therein wherefore quoth he if you his life might save with one word speech to speak that word were sin for sure she doth but law and justice crave, and princes never do themselves more wrong than when they hinder justice or prolong. You may, said he, to satisfy your mind, send after her in manner of request, and promise her that if just cause you find, he shall be hanged, and so all strife may rest. But if to this you find her not inclined, give her her will, for so I think tis best so that she firmly in your friendship bide, hang up, Brunello, and all thieves beside. This good direction, Agram obeying, went not himself, nor sent none to molest her, but yet, according to Sabrino's saying, he sent a messenger that might request her. Himself, the while, doth travel in allaying the tumults fierce that all his camp do pester. Pride laughs at this, and discord so rejoices as up to heaven fly their eternal voices five men most resolute have set their rest to be the first that will begin the fight, the strife so intricate as would molest Apollo to decide or set it right. Yet Agramant still strives to do his best, and to compound the matter if he might. And thus to end the matter he begun twixt Rhodomont and Agricane's son, he makes to them this good and friendly motion, that sith for Dorilus they only strave, they would agree to stand at her devotion, and let her take her choice which she will have, and that once made, to raise no more commotion. This pleased them both, to this consent they gave, a certain hope and trust them both alluring, each on himself of her firm love assuring. The Sarzen king doth think that need she must give sentence on his side, and be his own, sith oft he had in turnies and in just, her favours worn and his affection shown. How can she love, thinks he, or put her trust in one whom she scant three days' space hath known? Nor was alone his own opinion such, but all the camp beside did think as much. They all think Mandricardo overseen, and made no question but she would reject him. But he that knew what past had them between, and found that she did inwardly affect him, was sure, although his service were unseen and done by night, that she would not neglect him wherefore of her good will he nothing doubting did scorn their scorns and flouted at their flouting thus having put the matter in her choice and put the choice in her own declaration she with a sober look and lowly voice chose Mandricard against all expectation the tartar prince hereat did much rejoice but all the rest were filled with admiration and rhodamont himself was so astound as hardly he could lift his eyes from ground but when his wonted wrath had driven away that bashful shame that dyed his face with red unjust he calls that doom and cursed that day and clapping hand upon his sword he said this better arbitrate our matters may than women's foolish doom by fancy led who oftentimes are so perverse in choosing they take the worst the offered best refusing go then quoth mandricard i little care i hope that fight shall yield you like success and thus again to fight they ready are but agramant doth soon that rage repress and said upon this point again to square quite were against all laws of arms express and Rodemont he sharply then controlled that in his sight was against law so bold the sarzan king that saw himself that day so noted by those peers with double scorn both from his prince whom he must needs obey and her to whom so great love he had borne, With fury great he flings from thence away, And counts himself disgraced and quite forlorn. Of all his train, two men he only taketh, The king, the camp, the place, he quite forsaketh. And as a bull his loved herd that leaves, By his strong rival forced to be gone, Among the trees, all clad with thickest leaves, Doth hide himself and seeks to be alone, So he, whom shame of comfort all bereaves, flies sight of men yet still he thinks thereon and chief when he remembers what disgrace his mistress did him in so open place rogero gladly would have him pursued to get his horse but yet he doth refrain lest men should think he had the fight eschewed that did twixt Mandricard and him remain the WHOM NO CAUSE DOTH INCLUDE, PURSUES THE SARZEN KING THE HORSE TO GAIN, AND DOUBTLESS HAD OUTGONE HIM THAT SAME DAY, BUT FOR MISHAP THE chanced BY THE WAY. A DAMSEL FELL BY HAP INTO A RIVER, AND WAS IN PERIL GREAT TO HAVE BEEN DROWNED. HE, LIGHTING FROM HIS HORSEBACK TO RELIEVE HER, LEAPT IN, AND BROUGHT HER OUT ALL SAFE AND SOUND. BUT DOING THIS GOOD ACT HER TO DELIVER, SCARCE ALL THAT DAY HIS HORSE AGAIN HE FOUND his horse got loose and he with all his cunning could scantly catch him in six hours running at last with much ado he doth him get and after Rodemont he then doth make but where and how long after him he met and how the sarzen did him prisoner take i may not now proceed to tell as yet first tell i what vile words the sarzen spake that called his prince and mistress both unkind and for her fault doth rail at all her kind with scalding sighs that inward pangs berate he breathes out flames in places where he goes from rocks and caves his plaints doth echo aid and takes compassion on his rueful woes o oh, women's wits how weak you are he said how soon to change you do yourselves dispose observers of no faith nor good direction most wretched all that trust in your protection could neither service long, nor sured love, by me above a thousand ways declared? Thy fickle mind to fastness, so far move, but willfully to let thyself be snared? If reason could have led thy mind to prove, was Mandricard with me to be compared? Hereof can reason be alleged by no man, but this alone, my mistress is a woman. I think that nature or some angry god brought forth this wicked sex on earth to dwell for some great plague, or just deserved rod to us that wanting them had lived well, as in the worms an adder, snake, and toad among the beasts, bears, wolves, and tigers fell, and makes the air the fly and wasp to breed, and tares to grow among the better seed why did not nature rather so provide without your help that man of man might come and one be grafted on another's side as of the apples with the pear and plum but nature can no mean or rule abide but still she must exceed in all or some full easy tis the cause thereof to render for nature self is of the woman's gender yet be not therefore proud and full of scorn o' womankind that men come of your seed the fragrant rose growth on the pricking thorn, the lily fair comes of a filthy weed, in loathsome soil men sow the wholesome corn, the basest mould the fairest flower doth breed, ungrateful, false, and crafty, yarn and cruel, born of our burning hell to be the fuel. These words, and like to these, the pagan fierce doth spend amid his rage and frantic fumes, and like a madman did the same rehearse sometime in high, oft-times in baser tunes. I tremble to set down in my poor verse the blasphemy that he to speak presumes, and writing this I do, know this, that I full oft in heart to give my pen the lie but passion did this pagan sense so blind and left within the same so sharp a sting that he not only blamed his love unkind but also raged against his sovereign king and cursed him and wished in his mind that fortune so great woes on him might bring that he might lose his state and princely crown and see his country turned quite upside down and being to such miseries once brought and with adversity assailed so sore that then by him his freedom might be wrought, and that he might his former state restore, that agreement might by such proof be taught of faithful friends indeed to set more store, and learn to know that such a friend as he deserved in right and wrong preferred to be. Thus blaming oft his lord, more oft his love, to his own native soil his course he bent, but changing place could not his sorrow move, nor travels pain his pain of mind relent, it seemed his horse frontino well to prove before his bridle should be drawn, he meant to Sona he doth ride without a bait and minds fro thence to pass to Provence straight and there to cast away all care and cark and all his anguish quickly to appease for Africa he will himself embark and pass the large Mediterranean seas, but for the weather now wax dim and dark first in his inn he minds to take his ease for all the country, even as far as Spain, and agramante's power did then remain. Now he resolves to lodge about the coast, and long he is not of a place to seek, for straight he was invited by an host to take his house, if so it might him like. It pleased the pagan well to hear him boast that he had Corsic wine and French and Greek, for though he were a Turk in all the rest, yet did he like French fashion drinking best. THE PLEASANT HOST, THAT WAS INDEED OF THOSE THAT CAN WITH DOUBLE DILIGENCE ATTEND, AS HAVING SAVED, AMID BOTH FRIENDS AND FOES, HIS GOODS, AND GAINED BY THAT WHICH BOTH TO SPEND, WHEN BY THAT PRINCE'S VIEW HE DID SUPPOSE HIM SOME GREAT MAN, HE STRAIGHT ABROAD DID SEND, AND THITHER DOTH HIS KIN AND FRIENDS REQUEST TO HELP HIM WAIT AND WELCOME SUCH A GUEST. BUT LO, HIS GUEST SITS MUSING ALL APART, AND OF HIS MISTRESS RUNNETH ALL HIS THOUGHT, WHICH, THOUGH HE WOULD FORGET, in spite of his heart, he thinks on still, so strong the fancy wrought. The standers by are not so malapart to talk to him till he occasion sought, which having found, up from his chair he started, and salutations to them all imparted. Then asked he many questions of them all, and as occasion served, discourses varied. But still we find, and ever find we shall, by thought of heart the speech of tongue is carried for last to treat of marriage he doth fall and asketh of the men if they be married and if they be he prayeth them to declare of their wives truths what their opinions are straight all of them made answer they had wives and but mine host all praised the happy state and said they were the comforts of their lives that draw a happy yoke without debate a playfellow that far off all grief drives a steward early that provides and late both faithful chaste and sober mild and trusty nurse to weak age and pleasure to the lusty tush quoth mine host under your good correction most noble guest these fellows say not right but either with fond love or foul subjection so blinded are they take the black for white i once myself was touched with this infection but now i see that then i wanted sight and now i know as being better taught that theirs and mine be all unchaste and naught. For as the phoenix is a bird alone, and of that kind the whole world hath no more, so think I, of all wives, there is but one that liveth chaste in love and virtue's lore, he blessed may be that lighteth her upon. Small hope, think I, there is, in so scant store, that many should have one of such a kind, of which in all the world but one I find. I once so blinded was, as now be these, till by good hap unto my house there came a gentleman of Venice from the seas. Francis Valerio was he called by name. He knew and could declare them all with ease, all women's wiles and stories to the same he had of old and of the later times, to show both wives' and single women's crimes. He said, and bade me hold it as my creed, that all of them are false if they be tried. If some seemed chaste, it did of this proceed. They had the wit to do and not be spied, and knew by deep dissembling and good heed with sober looks their wanton lusts to hide and this to prove he told me such a tale as while i live i still remember shall and if it like you sir to lend me ear in my rude fashion i shall it recite right glad quoth Rodomont. by heavens i swear for thou hast hit my present humour right wherefore said he sit down i pray thee there for in thy speech already I delight. But here I end this book, for doubt I have that in this tale mine host will play the knave. End of book twenty seven.